Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. Ready to go. Lakers, Nuggets, Game 1 Western Conference Finals tonight live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Nick Wright, one hour from now. Well, in the NFL, if you're a coach and you get your team to the playoffs, that usually guarantees you're coming back. It helps you a lot. In the NBA, getting to the playoffs doesn't mean anything. Mike Budenholzer fired. Monty Williams yesterday fired. Doc Rivers just fired. The playoffs do not guarantee anything. In fact, getting to the playoffs and underachieving is an automatic pink slip for a lot of coaches in the NBA. So Doc's out today. So surprise to you. Oh, yeah. Shocker. I'm just floored. I had no idea this was coming, Colin. <laughs> I cannot believe it. James Harden got another coach fired. Par for the course in the NBA. I know. Isn't it interesting how often the coaches sort of embrace the unique talent <laughs> and they end up not working great? <laughs> it's awful. Ty Lue, reportedly, yeah. you know, he's going to move on. And the Kawhi Leonard thing where you had sort of an enigmatic star. Uh, be careful who you embrace as a player in the NBA. Yeah. And so Budenholzer out, Monty out, Doc out. Um yeah, I mean, I think Monty Williams, to me, is a very hireable coach. I think he's really, really good. So I want to start with this, though. This is interesting. So Kevin Durant, it says here, according to Sham Sharanya, it was an organizational decision to fire Monty Williams, but Devin Booker and Kevin Durant um, had a say in it. And I think this is a bad look for Kevin Durant, who I've defended many times. So remember, he got tired of Steve Kerr. Yeah, Steve's really good. He got tired of Steve Nash. He got Kenny Atkinson uh, let go of his duties before that. And Atkinson is right now one of the leading candidates to get a job. The Warriors gobbled him up immediately as an assistant. Uh, Jock Vaughn, he recently said no thanks. Uh, Scott Brooks, he worked with for years. Can't really count him, but he got tired of Monty Williams. So there's Steve Kerr. There's Monty Williams. Jock Vaughn. Kenny Atkinson. These are really, you know thought of as really good coaches, and he can't work with any of them. And now there's a story today 
that James Harden, the surprise team in the mix, is the Phoenix Suns. Put a kibosh to this, KD. This is a bad look. You're becoming weird and eccentric. It's okay to make poor decisions. LeBron James, great basketball IQ, has made poor decisions. Remember, he wanted Shabazz Napier drafted. He wanted Westbrook to the Lakers. But LeBron moves off bad decisions and then generally doesn't do them again. James Harden after Kyrie and Harden? You talk about a bad sequel. Like, there's a big difference between being wrong. Anybody who's an entrepreneur, Rupert Murdoch's had this company. He's taken big swings, had some misses, a lot of successes. That's part of being a business person. You take big swings. Basketball players, coaches, take big swings. Nick Saban got fired. So what? Belichick got run. Andy Reid got let go in Philadelphia. It's not the end of the world to get fired in, in any business. A lot of very successful people. They're mavericks. They're outspoken. They take chances. I love... I love those sort of entrepreneurs who often swing and miss. It's okay to be wrong, but you don't want to be old and eccentric and have long fingernails like Howard Hughes and be cooped up in a hotel. You don't want to be that actor nobody wants to work with on the set because you're odd and you're, you're, you're erratic. I mean, it's one thing to not be able to work with Steve Kerr. And Kenny Atkinson and Monty Williams. It's another to double down on James Harden. End this thing today. It's a bad look. You look unpredictable. And again, I like my artist. Just not the crazy ones. This is a lot of people have made mistakes. And that's okay. And I'm for big swings. But when he left the Warriors for Brooklyn, that looked eccentric. If he doubles down, I mean, he's already run through another coach. If he doubles down on James Harden, then you kind of move into the weird space. Not a good place as you age. Nobody wants the weird actor who's trouble on the set. Really talented, but uh, I'm going to pass on that offer. Lee Jenkins now works with the Clippers, used to be a reporter. He talked about this years ago about KD's personality. Durant's still a searcher. He's still somebody who seeks things out. When I think about LeBron, and they've sort of traveled a bit of a similar course where it took them a while to win that first one. They had to go somewhere where you know, it was a little, it was more favorable, right? The odds were a little bit more favorable for them. They learn how to win somewhere. I, I, I think he's still the kind of person, just knowing him a little bit and the way he sort of seeks out different challenges. Yeah, I'm all for that. He has got to put an immediate End to the James Harden to Phoenix rumors. End it today. It's one thing now that you're running through coaches, good coaches, Kerr and Monty Williams, Kenny Atkinson. It's another thing to embrace James Harden again. All right, tonight should be a massive night in the NBA, not just Lakers Nuggets. That's obviously the key story. But tonight's the ping pong lottery, and we will discover who gets the greatest NBA prospect. Again, prospect, kind of in that Magic Johnson class, that Kareem class, that LeBron class. Now, that's what they are saying about the young man, Victor Wembanyama. They're saying he's that good. Should be a huge buzz about it. Unless you're an NBA diehard, there isn't. I mean, we're already discussing teams in the NFL that could land USC quarterback Caleb Williams. 
That's like a monthly, weekly, and that thing's going to heat up the minute the season starts. The minute a team goes on a four-game losing streak. Who's getting Kayla Williams? Why aren't we talking about the next Magic? The next Kareem? The next LeBron? He's in that class. Two reasons. One, he didn't play college basketball. Had he scored 29 a game this past year for Kansas, Duke, Carolina, UCLA? There would be a frenzy. But the NBA once again views college basketball as an enemy and has marginalized their brand for years. I know he's an international player, but if the NBA truly supported college basketball, you'd see more of these young international players go to Duke in Kansas. They would have that pull. Number two is basketball, and this is one of the things I don't like about their culture, is in a mad rush to get everybody paid in the NBA. That's why guys end up 19, 20 years old, immature, and you see what happens to John Morant. The whole Zion Williamson, health, PR, emotional, been a mess. I mean, even LeBron James, as great as he was, didn't win a title until his ninth year, and he had to join Pat Riley and D. Wade and a great organization. Dwight Howard got to the finals in a fifth year, but never won. But if you go back to the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, number one pick, Bill Walton, Kareem. Then you get into Magic and James Worthy and Akeem and Duncan and David Robinson and Shaq. And they all were not only great the first day in, but they gave you championships soon thereafter. Look at the guys now. Cade Cunningham, zero impact. Not a bust, zero impact. Nobody watches, nobody cares, and the Pistons are lousy again picking near the top. How about Paulo Bencaro? Very good, no bust, nobody cares. Bad team, Orlando's near the top of the draft. In the NFL, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence went to tire fire organizations. Immediately, by year two, uh-oh, they're taking teams to playoffs. Burroughs, after the injuries, gets a team to a Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence, year two after that year one with Urban Meyer, got this team rolling, win a playoff game. Because they come in as men, not kids. They're emotionally more mature. They've been in a campus. But the NBA has done this for years. They see college basketball, and it's mind-blowing as a business. They see college basketball as the enemy. The idea that Bill Self for two years would be a bad deal. No, go overseas. Go G League. You got to be kidding me. You can get Bill Self. You can get a Tom Mizzo. You can get some of these great coaches. Nah. Once again, why isn't tonight a massive story? This is the next LeBron. The kid, you, have you seen the video on this kid? I mean, people will pick him apart. They picked apart Andrew Luck. You can pick these guys apart. He's seven foot four. <laughs> Nobody's going to stop his shot. Now, will he get pushed around? Of course he'll get pushed around. He's a kid. Will he make mistakes? Absolutely. But he's a remarkable talent. Seven foot three, 19 year old phenom from France. This should be a huge story. But college basketball, where we'd be introduced to him? Sorry, most of us with a life aren't watching clips of high school basketball players. I know some of you knew who Zion was at 16. Okay, great. Rest of us had jobs. You know, it's great. Sit on the internet all day. We're not all there fishing the internet for high school basketball talent. There's people that do that. There's scouts and stuff. 
They're professionals. The rest of us are doing stuff. College basketball, turn on my TV at night, pop open a beer. What do you know? Watch some college basketball. Big 10, SEC, ACC. Big 12 was good this year. Pac-12, I meet the kids. So as the NBA continues to do this, I mean, this I can't wait to see who gets this guy. He'll be young. He won't quite be ready. He could have used a couple years of uh, Bill Self, but I'm excited. All right, J-Mac, I've been on that tangent for a couple of days. Wow. Coward just taking – I mean, you are on fire this morning. Holy uh, I, I'm cracking up over here. I am. Wow. I love the NBA. Yeah. I watch March Madness, but this is Caleb Williams. This is – people are saying 7'4", 19-year-old – I mean, literally, the people that do this for a living are like, this is magic. This is Walton. This is Kareem. Well, we've been talking about Wembenyama on the show for a while, and I did look it up. Burrow, after they drafted, the Bengals drafted top five the next year. Yeah. Was, and Trevor Lawrence, after he remember, got drafted, but, they drafted first the next year. But Burrow got hurt, and Urban Meyer was a historic disaster. True. And in year three, both uh, popped a little bit. Now, I did look up LeBron, just for sake of argument. LeBron's second year, they just missed the playoffs. Third year, Made the conference semifinals. Yeah. I and think Wembenyama can. And, and he's the greatest player ever. Yes. And, and the following year, he got to the finals. Remember it with that awful Cavs team. Um, Wembenyama's going to have an instant impact. I don't know if it'll be year one playoffs, but year two, he should get there. This is a, by the way, you just call him 7 3. There's reports that he's grown now to 7 4, oh, yeah. maybe 7 5. And like, handles the ball. He can, can do use everything. both hands. I'm excited. I, listen, you got to get more fired up about tonight. No. Might be a two drink night for you, Lakers and <laughs> the Wembin Yama no, sweepstakes. That's why I'm talking about it. I yeah. think it's. I mean, I, we'll be on Kayla Williams the minute yeah. the football season. I mean, by the way, if a team goes on, as I said earlier, a long losing streak in the regular season, Kayla Williams will become the talk of the draft in December, yeah. September, October. If somebody starts zero and five, one and six. And oh, by the way, the Dallas Mavericks have a 3% chance of landing Wembenyama. Wembenyama plus Luka. Uh, I'm going to be insufferable tomorrow if that happens. I don't know how everybody, this is going to be, it's 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Oh, it's very exciting. This is one of the great, in the. I love ping pong. This is the greatest ping pong moment in the history of my life. <laughs> This is huge. You can go ahead and admit, I've been lobbying the staff for a ping pong table on set. I know. Because I'm very good. Your social media guy claims he could beat me. We'll see. But Portland, what if Damian Lillard gets Wembenyama tonight? Does he want to stick around? Or does Portland say, you know, we'll retool around I'm the big guy? so jacked for like, this. This is exciting. Should be more exciting. Played at Duke or Kansas, we'd be going nuts. He probably would have won the title with Duke. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have lost to who they lose to in like the. And I'm not banging on all you round, guys who sit Tennessee. around all yeah. day and watch high school dunk contests. <laughs> it's fine, but that's not what the majority of people do who are watching sports. We have we're married, we have kids, yeah. we have work, we have stuff to do. We're not sitting on the internet all day. Be sure to catch live editions of the Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Good to have you in. This is very interesting. Bob Costas was on a New York sports talk radio show, and he was talking about uh, analytics in basketball. He used to announce games for NBC, and he was saying, uh, you know, it's it's it should be part of basketball, but now it's sort of the focus of basketball. The, his bulls, his basic taste, baseball and the NBA have been hurt by analytics. It doesn't make it a better entertainment product. It may give you a competitive edge. And I think that that term competitive edge is key. We have been led to believe if you shoot three-point shots a lot and are good at it, you will win. Um, And that's just simply becoming not true with more evidence. There are four teams left in the NBA. Denver uh, and Boston are very efficient at hitting the three ball. Miami and the Lakers aren't. In fact, the Lakers are terrible. The Lakers were bad in the regular season. They're worse in the playoffs. Their two best three-point shooters are LeBron, who keeps jacking them up and missing 27% and AD at 25%. Last year's final, the Celtics were on fire from three-point range, 41%. They got beat by the Warriors in six, who didn't shoot the three particularly well in the finals. Right? That we're finding out, we're led to believe if you hit more threes, you win. And it's coaching and rim protection and adjustments, defense, mid-range works too. That stuff that's always worked still works. If you look at the top five scores, the top ten scores in this series, uh, five for the Lakers, five for Denver, there's only one 
high-volume elite three-point shooter, Jamal Murray. Rui Hachimura is really shooting the lights out. He's on a heater for the Lakers, but that's above his career average. Jamal Murray's elite at it. Shoots a lot, and he's good at it. Jokic doesn't shoot a ton of them. Pretty good. But again, we don't think of him as a, you know, a Steph Curry. So the Nuggets, by the way, had the second fewest, the second fewest three attempts in the NBA. One of these teams in the, of the four, one of four, Boston, shoots a lot and hits a lot. That's it. Last year, they outshot the Warriors dramatically in threes in the finals. Got beaten six. So we're, this happens all the time in politics, where we're led to believe on the outrage machines, oh, that's a devastating blow to Biden. That's a devastating blow to Trump or DeSantis. And you're like, eh, not really. It maybe matters a little. But you look at the focus groups, and it doesn't really matter nearly as much as the Twitter machine will believe, make you believe it matters. I'm not saying the three-point shot Having a guy that can hit him works. But, I mean, we didn't think of the Warriors as a championship team all year long because they didn't have enough bigs. They didn't have enough big scoring in the front court. From 2012 to 2020, the Houston Rockets led the NBA. Seven of eight season in threes. Once in a game seven, they missed 27 straight. Their claim to fame, twice they got to the Western Conference Finals. They lost both times. Nobody's saying it doesn't matter. Just like a politician may make a mistake and it dings him two or three percent. But you win elections when you outwork people, when you're on the right side. Don't buy into all the outrage machines on those social media platforms. A lot of stuff just doesn't really matter to people who have lives. And the truth is, on the three ball, Denver doesn't shoot many. The Lakers shoot very few and are lousy at it. Miami's not necessarily great at it, and those are three of the four teams that are left. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I don't like noise in the offseason. We're getting ready for the Lakers-Spurs tonight in the Wembenyama draft, ping-pong ball draft. Very exciting. Nick Wright joins us top of next hour. Quinnen Williams changed his Twitter bio yesterday for the Jets. He basically, you know, he, he's in a contract squabble with the New York Jets. He wants a new deal. They don't want to give him one yet. They say they're working on it. Um, and, I, and I know everybody thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to solve all the issues, but we got into this discussion this morning, and, I, and, and some of it's because of J-Mac. It's his favorite team. So Russell Wilson, by the way, who I think, like Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago, they were both over 100 passer rating level quarterbacks. Aaron's an MVP. Russell was a really, really good quarterback. So Russell, before Aaron this year, Russell last year moved to the AFC. He was an elite NFC quarterback. He moved to the AFC. Joined a great defense. Broncos were eight the year before him and eighth last year with him. Nathaniel Hackett. Colin plays, just like Aaron's going to see. A promising young group of wide receivers and running backs. The O-line in question. How'd that work out? The Broncos were on a streak of losing, and the Jets have been on a long streak of losing. How did it work out? A lot of similarities. Nathaniel Hackett, O-line's a question, promising young players, no real inertia. You dominated as an NFC quarterback. You moved to the AFC. It's a whole different ballgame. Ask yourself, taking the current Aaron Rodgers, what we saw last year, is he just a middle-of-the-pack AFC quarterback? The best quarterback in his NFC division is Kirk Cousins. Last five times he faced him, Aaron went 2-3 and three against Kirk Cousins, who would not be a top 8-9 quarterback in the AFC 
and is an argument for number three in the NFC. Also last year, the Jets only beat two good quarterbacks, Aaron, who's now on their team, and Josh Allen. It was a steady diet of a lot of average quarterbacks. This year, the Jets will face 11 B-to-B-plus or better quarterbacks. Josh Allen twice, Dak Prescott, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Garoppolo, Tua twice, Deshaun Watson. They face better quarterbacks this year. And so I asked the question this morning. I did a top 10 AFC-NFC quarterback list a couple of weeks ago, but Lamar Jackson I did not include because Lamar had not signed. So I said, let's just not count Lamar Jackson. We don't know if he's going to play. So now that you include Lamar Jackson in the AFC, and, and you can't dispute that there's some Russell Wilson comps with Denver, the same comps you would get with Aaron with the Jets. Mahomes is the best quarterback. Nobody disputes that. Burrow and Allen, you can argue, but they're two or three in some order. I think Justin Herbert, people absolutely get how good Justin Herbert is. With a, with a coach that didn't work and a bad O-line, he's put up historic numbers for a young guy. Trevor Lawrence led a circus of a franchise, the Jags, last year to a playoff. I don't think anybody disputes. He and Andrew Luck are arguably the best quarterback prospects in the last decade. And then you get into a group of five of the next guys. And I think Lamar, because he is so gifted and unique as an athlete, and he's always been, as J-Mac and I have never disagreed on this, Lamar's a better thrower of the football than anybody wants to give him credit for. All the numbers tell you he throws it better than people think. Now, he's better with a lead than trailing, but so are most quarterbacks, not named Patrick Mahomes. I would put Lamar six. He's got more juice. He's in his athletic prime. Aaron seven, Russell eight, Tua nine, and Deshaun ten. But it should be noted, the people below Russell, or people below Aaron, is it reasonable to argue, I think it is, that Russell could have an absolutely different season with Sean Payton. I'm going to roll the dice and say Russell Wilson looks nothing like last year. He went from 100 passer rating four straight years to last year looking washed. I'm going to go with he's not washed. So Russell could be better than we think. Tua, when healthy, led Pro Bowl votes, led the league in passer rating. The Dolphins, I would think, will be better this year. Another draft, another year in Mike McDaniel's system. I'm not a huge Don Deshaun Watson fan, but it's reasonable to think a full year of him, he, he's going to be better. I'm not going to count the Kenny Picketts. You know, I'm not, uh, there's a lot of guys here that I could, I'm not going to count the Tannehills, Kenny Pickett. Keep those out. The top five is hard to argue. They're all in their prime. They're all ascending. Nobody's disputing that. The next five... I mean, Russell Wilson has Sean Payton. Aaron Rodgers has Robert Sala. In an offensive-leaning year, it's reasonable to think Russell Wilson with an offensive coach, Tua with an offensive coach, Deshaun Watson with an offensive coach could be at least as good as Aaron Rodgers, who also may have, all things considered, one of the weaker O-lines of all those quarterbacks. I'm just saying, the current Aaron, two and three in his last five against Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson in the NFC, we considered elite. He pivots over. It's a whole, it's like SEC and Big Ten football. They all look the same September, October, November. Then you go to the bowl games. You're like, time out. Outside, of, you know, it's like, ah, football looks a little different down south. The AFC is not the NFC. And a lot of the Russell Wilson Aaron comps, 
are, are the same. Hackett's involved. O-line's the concern. Promising young offensive players. Very good defense. Tougher conference. Tougher division. And no real momentum as a franchise. It's a lot of the same stuff. I think you view Aaron up here and Russell down here. But we would all admit that Russell is far more committed in the offseason today than Aaron is. Russell, most of us would believe, because he did it in Seattle, is much better working with younger new players than Aaron is. I mean, Russell's always, no, he may not connect with all players, but that, those Seattle years, he was working with kids. He was working with a lot of young players in Seattle because Pete is a great mentor with younger players. When that team aged, he wasn't as good, but he was good with young guys. Uh, just stuff to think about. I don't, I don't think I'm being out outrageous. I, the idea that this is going to be, I've seen the great a NFC quarterback pivot to the AFC. I've seen a Big Ten team go play the SEC in a bowl game, and you're like, yeah, that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different speed and level of excellence. So can I ask where you're headed with this? Because is this just a statement and an observation, or it's, are you trying to draw I, a conclusion? I, I, the more I think about it, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. So eight and nine as opposed no, to ten and seven. No, nine and eight and not nine make and the playoffs. Okay. Let me just put out something here for you. So Pro Football Focus, which is just one data point, it's not end-all, be-all. They ranked rosters in the NFL. You want to guess where the Jets came Oh, in? God. Well, I, I'm just, it's a data point. That's well, you wouldn't is. bring it up unless it was stupendous. Correct. <laughs> Let me guess, seventh. Oh, my gosh. Did you read it? No. They are seventh. Well done. They are seventh ahead of Miami, which no doubt to me, ahead of the Chargers, ahead of the Ravens. What's the, what's the best part of the Jets roster? The best unit. Okay, so they, so they broke it down. You. And again, this is it's, them, it's, not it's me. It's corners. And I would argue no, Miami's they, are they better. They say the pass rush is unbelievable. And with a lead, Robert Sala will be able to unleash. They have seven guys who are pass rushers, including Will McDonald. Quinn and Williams, who's going to be signed. All right, all Franklin right. Myers, Carl mm -hmm. Lawson, who had a really good year. Jermaine right. uh, Johnson, the rookie last year, who was pretty good. Um, with a lead. Yeah. Remember, Salah in San Francisco with that defensive line just relentless getting after the quarterback yeah. when they got to the Super Bowl. Listen, I'm not going to deny Salah knows defense, and that defensive front is good. Nasty. I am, I, no, I am not denying that. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I only have dinner with two people. My wife and NBA insider Rick Buecher. <laughs> Those are the only two people I ever have dinner with. So we went to dinner last night. We were just talking about the kind of the warriors and what you do. And um, the new NBA luxury tax, I picked up the check, by the way. The new NBA luxury tax is going to make it very difficult to give Clay Thompson exactly what he wants. So you're going to have some guys that are going to have to take some price reductions if they want to stick around. And, you know, there's an old saying out there. You can look at the past. Don't stare at it. Here's what ends dynasties in the NBA. Ego, Kobe Shaq, or usually age. D-Wade got old in Miami. Duncan got old in San Antonio. Warriors getting old. Um, I would keep Steph because what he does well, he does as well as anybody. I would keep Draymond. What he does well, he does very well. Second team all NBA defense. And when I would try to keep Wiggins... And I love the coach. After that, I'd move anybody. Got four trophies. I would move anybody. Loyalty to yesterday's productivity is the way you extend the drought. Jerry Krause of the Bulls got a lot of crap for this, but he had it right. Guys, one more time. We're coming back. And I always hear this. You, you, they, they were owed another year. No, they weren't. I mean, Jerry Krause, the late Jerry Krause got a lot of crap, but he was like, okay, we won three. We can win three again. This team is old, physically, emotionally. This is it. And they rose, and they won, and it was hard. But to me, I, I would have no problem with a reboot. Just keep Steph, because he's great at what he does. Wiggins is still an elite wing defender. Draymond's still an elite defender. Kerr's an elite coach. I'd move anything. Rick Kerr, uh, Rick Buecher, um, NBA insider, uh, talked about it yesterday on the show. 
I'm keeping Steph. I'll keep and I'll keep Draymond. I'll sign him. I'll, I'll uh, if he opts out. I'll sign him to like a two-year deal for say twenty mil a year. I'll extend that. And but then everybody else is on the table. Wiggins would probably be my third keeper, but I got to consider like what I'm trying to get. I, I'm going to have to give up some kind of talent. I can't give away. I can't just try to get rid of all my bad stuff and expect to get good good stuff. I can't look at their roster right now and say this is on the uptick. It's growing. It's getting better. It is slowly decaying and declining. They need to make a big move. You can't tear the Splash Brothers apart. They yeah, can. They don't splash that much anymore. It's more of a belly flop. You you can you can tear them apart. I mean this 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 loyalty to the rearview mirror. I don't get. One more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Uh, with that, Nick Wright. Oh, he is on a heater. I mean, between the Chiefs and the Lakers. Oh my lord. I mean. I don't know yeah. how your poker's going lately, but I imagine you're going to the tables and bringing home some cash for the fam. Uh, yeah, listen, I was there last night actually playing some cards while you are out there, you know, whining and dining. This is what happens. You spend the long hours grinding the all 22 in the NFL, staying up late night for West Coast basketball, even on the East Coast. And what you get is America's most accurate sports pundit who was laughed at by you, Colin. So let's talk about it. Because two weeks ago, it was Warriors in five, and now it's the Warriors are miles away from a championship. Break them up. How could they ever have won? So what happened? Let's talk about it, my friend, because some of us had the foresight to say, hmm, LeBron plus AD plus just competent role players has equaled a championship the only other year we've had it, and now we have the exact same Final Four as the bubble, and we're about to have the exact same result. But let's talk Warriors. Let's talk LeBron. Let's talk LeBron, Steph. I want to get into okay. all of it. This might be a 45-minute interview. Okay, I'm just I letting want, you know. I want to give you my epiphany yesterday. So I went out oh. I went out to have coffee with my daughter the other day, and the guy, guy's name was Colin, came up and accosted me kind of. He said, hey, you going to buy into the Lakers finally? And I said, timeout. I had him beating Minnesota in the plan. I had him beating Memphis. I didn't like him here. I do think they'll beat Denver. But it did make me think, what am I missing? So I, I came to a conclusion that I missed on, that my opinion was stronger than LeBron's productivity. And I say, if you stop, I was comparing LeBron now to old LeBron. Well, that's unfair. But if you take LeBron's last 13 games and you contextualize it against the other best players – there's an argument he's a better version of Jalen Brown, 24, 10 and a half, 5, 38 minutes, 50%. He's better than Jalen Brown and pretty darn close to Tatum. And when you do that and forget his age, this is oh. a championship team. This feels oh, like a championship. Of course it is. So let's, so let's talk about that exact point because there's two LeBron points I would like to make because when people thought the Warriors were going to win, I'm not talking about you here necessarily, it was a LeBron versus Steph referendum. Oh, LeBron's spot on route. Well, Mount Rushmore's up for grabs. Oh, <laughs> what if Steph's 4-1 and one in his career against LeBron? And what we heard after round one was this is the best Steph Curry's ever been. Yeah. I'll concede the point. What we all know, this is the worst LeBron James since his rookie year. So we have the best Steph ever, the worst LeBron ever, and LeBron was better than him. 
Oh, Nick, it's unfair. Why? What's unfair? It's like, oh, it's like when Steph had Kevin Durant. No, it's not. So LeBron has a Kevin Durant in Anthony Davis, sure. And then the third best guy is Austin Reeves, and the fourth best guy was Lonnie Walker, as opposed to prime pre-injury Klay Thompson yeah. and prime pre-injury Draymond Green. Yeah. So we have the worst LeBron we've ever seen, the best Steph we've ever seen, and in this series, LeBron more efficient, shot almost identical from the three-point line, scored the same, assisted a little less, yes. and rebounded better, and of course... Far better defensively, and of course, in the critical game of the series, Game Four, how did the Warriors or how did the Lakers win? They hunted Steph Curry defensively, yeah. and then Steph missed two critical shots, and then threw the ball backwards over his head, out of bounds. Love Steph, but those are the facts. One other LeBron point: worst LeBron we've ever seen. I agree with you. So let's compare him to some. Let's do. Remember when we used to? You and I were just getting to know each other, Colin. Yeah. I'd wow you with these blind reveals, my friend. <laughs> I've got one for you. Okay. So okay. here is LeBron this postseason. All right. That is compared to someone else. You mentioned Jalen Brown. You mentioned Jason Tatum. So that is LeBron this postseason, and the person on the right. You can reveal it now. Oh, that's Bird's playoff career. So the worst LeBron we've ever seen, (laughs) what he has been reduced to, is Larry Bird. So it's year 20, 65,000 minutes in, LeBron has been reduced to only being Larry Bird, who when he retired was unanimously considered the greatest forward to ever live. So yeah, I do think maybe because we are comparing current LeBron to peak LeBron, which is, of course, the highest peak of any player we've ever seen, it looks like he is a far lesser player. And he is. But he's still just about as good as anybody else out there. So, J-Mac had Celtics and Nuggets. I had Milwaukee, Phoenix. Didn't love either. Uh, I thought Milwaukee was old. I kept saying they look old, they look old, and it went down. Yeah, Yeah, I whiffed. They got old really fast, yeah. uh, and I missed on that. And then Phoenix, they just they just needed more players. So, uh, but I didn't yep. think the Lakers were a title team. I did not know if Denver was. I didn't think. I didn't think the Warriors were. For the record, so now you have Denver and the Lakers. I like the Lakers because I think Jokic will face more length and will have more trouble dominating this series. There won't be as many gimmies. Whereas Anthony Davis, Jokic is not an elite defender. They're going to get plenty of Anthony Davis, plenty of LeBron, more experience. I don't know if Michael Porter and and Jamal Murray in these moments, I know what I get with AD. I know what I get. I just watched Austin Reeves. So there's a lot I don't know about Denver. Wouldn't be shocked if they won. I know you like the Lakers. Just give me some mm-hmm. context on what do you think the series, yeah, Nick, sure. looks like. Okay, I can. Yeah, so I I like the Lakers. I can't give you my game one prediction because okay. I do have to save that for first things first. Sure. That's only because I am twelve and zero picking Laker games. Yeah, better than that stupid Corgi that went viral. And so that's <laughs> appointment viewing about three oh five p.m. Eastern today yes. on FS1. I will give you to get to a perfect thirteen and zero. So here's where I see this series playing out. So Jokic has been marvelous. There is You're not going to hear any hate or slander from me on Jokic, what he's done this postseason. My concern for the Nuggets is going from the Timberwolves and the Suns 
defensively to the Lakers is going to be like when you're, you you get out of a hot tub and jump in an ice tub. It's, <laughs> there's going to be sure. a, a cultural shock that they deal with initially because Minnesota is not a serious team, and then the Suns, by the game three of that series, oh, have terrible. decided, screw it, we've got to go all offense, and they couldn't guard anything. This is where Anthony Davis is going to have to match Jokic minute for minute. And if either one of them in any game gets in foul trouble, that will swing those games. But this is an Anthony Davis defense series. I think the Lakers can win the series with AD averaging 18 points per game if he exerts entirely all of his energy on the defensive end. The reason I like the Lakers is because what we saw at the end of the Warriors series was LeBron James mismatch Hunter. He did it to Steph Curry. He probably cost Jordan Poole his job. Just, where's the weak defender? We're putting you in a pick and roll. And that means Jamal Murray, who is an awesome offensive player, and Michael Porter Jr., who is a streaky offensive player, are going to be forced to defend along with Jokic. They will force them to defend, and I think this is a LeBron series. I think LeBron, with the ball in his hands, finding the mismatch, forcing bad defenders into the action, and trying to make Jokic exert a lot of energy on that end of the court, that is why I believe the Lakers have the have the upper hand here. Also, I do think that the altitude can absolutely be a factor in Denver's favor, yeah. which is why it was very important the Lakers took care of the Warriors in six. There, It's only three days off, but three days is going to feel like a week when you've been playing every other day thus far this postseason. So I think they're going to look pretty fresh tonight. I like the Lakers in the series. Guys. Now you, you're you taking uh, – you've been very good in the playoffs, you and J-Mac, yeah. and um, you um, – I, I tend to think that the NBA is steps. So Boston for years mm-hmm. couldn't get past Milwaukee, and then they get past Milwaukee and lose in the mm-hmm. finals. And now, now I think they're going to get to the finals, and I think they're going to win it, even if they play the Lakers, although I think it's a really good series, or Denver, I think they'll win. I think Denver, if they did get to the finals, would lose and then come back next year with a better chance. It's steps. Sure. So, But you are an outlier. You yeah. think Miami can actually beat Boston. I like the Heat. Wow! Yeah, I like the wow. Heat. So I... So I said before the playoffs began that I thought the Heat could give Boston massive trouble in round one, and then Miami lost in the play-in, and it you know it set this course. Set, you know, poor Milwaukee gets the one seed. They get Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster in round one. So it's very simple to me why I like the Heat. Wow. And I don't. I Vegas having the Heat fifteen to one to win the title is bananas. So uh, here's why. First of all, adjustments and coaching deeply matter in the postseason. Yes. You might have in this series one versus 30 when it comes to the coaching in the NBA. Yeah. And I know that sounds mean to Joe Missoula. He was not supposed to be this team's head coach. He wasn't even the lead assistant last year. We know they lost Will Hardy, and then the Odoka situation happened. They go with Missoula. I have not been wildly impressed with Joe Missoula at any point this year, this postseason. Spolster, on the other hand, is the best coach in the league, full stop, ever since Greg Popovich kind of started taking time off, or at least the Spurs stopped being a real team. We'll see if that changes 
versus if they get Wimby. So there's that. Then there is this very simple question. Who has the best player? And I believe the Heat do. I understand that Jason Tatum, and people are like, oh my God, did you not see Tatum go for 51? I did. It was marvelous. I saw Jimmy go for 56. Yeah. And that's not to say the 56 is better than 51, but Jimmy's peaks are as high as Tatum's peaks. But his valleys are nowhere as low. Thank you. Tatum was scoreless in the first quarter of game four, five, and six. Yep. Game six, he's one for 14, and that is an amazing sliding doors moment in NBA history. If with six minutes left in the fourth quarter of game six, Philly had the lead with the ball, three straight possessions, they couldn't get it done. If they do, Doc's still the coach, Embiid's broken through, Harden's getting credit, and they're talking about breaking up Tatum and Brown. To, to their credit, they came through, Tatum came through, and they were brilliant in Game 7. But you are going to have some of those droughts. You're not going to get that from Jimmy Butler. The Heat know exactly yeah. who they want to be. They beat them in the, fi- in the conference finals in 2020. Games Last year, they were down 3-2, they being Miami. Jimmy Butler is a 47-9-8 yeah. on the road in Game 6, and then a 3 to execute a 13-point comeback in the final three minutes of Game 7. He missed it. He is healthier than he was during Round 2. I like the Heat, yeah. and I don't understand what the Heat need to do for people to take them seriously. If you want to say they threw away the regular season, you're right about that. But Jimmy Butler, come the postseason, is one of the six best players in the world. I like the Heat in this series. I just yeah. do. I, I can't rely on Bam offensively, although, and I think Boston... I tend to think your best three players decide a series, and the Warriors couldn't find that third or sometimes the second consistently. I get Tatum sure. Brown, and I think on you know I can either get a Brogdon or a Marcus Smart. But be that as it may, I do agree. I would take Butler over Tatum if you gave me two weeks, one series go. I would take Butler. Finally, yes. you, you do something. The graphic people here. I was going to text you the other day. I love yeah. this. You created. Um, yeah. You have something called Club Superstar. It's very. By the way. Yeah. James Harden, who loves clubs, period, used to be in it. He's uh-huh. bamoose. He's gone. He, yeah, he's been out. How many so people are allowed in? the concept. Yeah, what's the 12. concept? It's one-in, one-out policy. And while I do <laughs> love our graphics department, as you've said before, this is, oh, that's last year's club. So if we're, I don't know if we have the updated club. That's last year's club. Hopefully they have the updated club to show you. But I can give you the concept of it. Uh, I do love our graphics people. But as you've said, our show has an unlimited budget, Colin. That's uh, commissioned artwork. That is actually a <laughs> professional artist that makes that and then sends it in. And so the people in the club last year that were kicked out were Kawhi Leonard, yep. Chris Paul, yep. And Ja Morant. Yep. The new people to the club okay. are Devin Booker, yeah. Anthony Davis, yes. back in the club. Credit to him. And oh, oh, there it is. There we go. Now we're here's the new club. And also in the club, Jimmy Butler. Yes. Because of the postseason. You see Ja's pointing, saying, That was my seat. There's, I think, some dollars on so the So tell people. So I like yeah, this. So the club superstar, that's, mm-hmm. that looks like uh, yeah. Anthony Davis. Uh, Tatum, Anthony. So, a, yep. AD. So there's there's LeBron, uh, LeBron, Giannis, AD, uh, Lillard, and Luca. Yeah. Tatum, Brown, Booker, KD, Steph, Jokic, and Embiid. 
Those are the 12 superstars of the league. I didn't. The reason we created it was I didn't like people say, you're throwing around the term superstar. One in, one out. If you're going to call a guy a superstar, yeah. if you're going to say Donovan Mitchell's a superstar, so be it. Who of the 12 is he replacing? To get Devin Booker in, we had to cr- kick Chris Paul out. Yeah. To get Jimmy Butler in, we had to kick Kawhi Leonard out. To get uh, Anthony Davis back in, we had to kick John Morant out. I have De'Aaron Fox, Shea, and Anthony Edwards waiting in line. Uh, Kyrie was, you know, not considered. James Harden hasn't been in there for years. Those are your 12 superstars. The most interesting question I would have for you is this, Colin. There's the 12. Let's say that next year mm-hmm. that Donovan Mitchell does what he did this year, but even better, goes to a conference finals, and he gets in. Who do you think of those 12 is the one with the most precarious position? Who's the one most likely to be asked to leave Dame, is, if Donovan or SGA Dame, have to get Dame in? Dame Lillard's aging and smart. Dame. Dame. I think Dame, right? Uh, yeah. I. You know, it's crazy because the guy had a 60-point game, a 70-point right. game, oh, a 50-point game this year. I. But I. what you can't have – is three straight years out of the postseason. That's right. So I think you're right. The other one that I can't believe I'm saying it, but M- let's say Dame has a great year and gets traded to a contender. Well, Embiid just won MVP. What about the guy laying on the couch on his phone in Kevin Durant? Oh, so that, Kevin yeah. Durant, I, it's a weird spot. Colin, Kevin Durant's 30s, his 30s. Yeah. He has 11 minutes of the playoffs post round two. 2019 was injured for the conference finals, yep. played in the finals, yep. tragically snapped his Achilles. 2020 out for the year. 2021 lost in round two. 2022 swept in round one. 2023 yeah. lost in round two with his hand picked teams. Yes. Like you got, this is age 30 through 34. Oh, also, next year he's 35. Yep. Go oh, ahead. I, I said the other thing is. It's okay to make mistakes and, and be emotional. You don't want to be old, eccentric guy. And if he reunites with James Harden and they're a story today, he's now worked through Monty Williams. He didn't like Kenny Atkinson. He wanted him gone. He didn't like Steve Kerr. So he's getting to be like coach killer. And LeBron's made mistakes, Westbrook. He moves off him immediately, and he never makes the same mistake twice. If Kevin teamed with Harden again in Phoenix – He's becoming no, the can't. actor nobody wants to sign to a franchise. It's too eccentric. Also, that is not – I don't understand why folks don't get that that is not the model to win a title. Yeah. The idea that if you're the Suns, what you need is a third star, that is not why you didn't win. That's right. You didn't win – it's not because you didn't have a third star. It's because you didn't have – Eight competent players on your team. In today's NBA, two stars is absolutely enough as long as you have three through eight are playable. The Suns, their only hope, in my opinion, is to get someone to bite on Aiton that like the, the, the potentially showed to be the number one pick that he showed briefly in the postseason a couple years ago in a, when uh, I think Devin Booker was hurt for a few games and turn Chris Paul 
into three rotational players. Uh, this trade has been out there, but I think it is one, so it's not my idea, but it's one that makes sense. The Clippers are going to lose Russell Westbrook. Trading Chris Paul to the Clippers for some of their wing depth so you can actually have two-way switchable players and build out a rotation, that's the only hope. Because you just had Devin Booker's greatest postseason you could ever hope for, yeah. and you got rolled in round two. Yeah. And Durant needs to be a little bit better, but what they need is more players. So I yeah. wouldn't add one other star, lose Harden, or lose Chris Paul, and then have it be the whole same thing again. Yeah, no, I think two stars, Tatum and Brown, and then people who do things well. Marcus Smart defends well. Robert Williams protects the rim well. Brogdon can hit a jumper. Derek White. Yes. Three through eight. Rui can hit the corner yes. jumper. He's got great length. Austin Reeves creates contact. Look at the teams yeah. who are left. Yeah. LeBron, AD, and a roster. Jokic, Jamal Murray, and a roster. Yep. Jimmy and Bam, and a roster. Like, that is – everybody is pretending we are still in the era of KD, Steph, Clay, that Draymond, that is gone. That is not who you're competing with. What you need is to be able to fill out your rotation, and that's what the Sun should be focused on. Good stuff, Nick Wright. First things Kit, first. Colin, I know, I know we're late. Just very, very quickly, it's important to me here. Uh, the legendary Doyle Brunson uh, passed yes. away on Sunday. He was a massive fan of yours that I became personal friends with because of coming on your show. He would tail your bets. He loved your football picks. <laughs> I got to watch Chiefs Bengals with him at his house a few months ago, and he was a huge fan of FS1. He's one of the most legendary his figures in the history of poker. He passed away at the age of 89. I just wanted to shout out his friends and family on his favorite show. He liked it more than my show, your show. So shout out to Doyle Brunson. Rest in peace. I, you were the first person I thought of yesterday when I saw that the ultimate gentleman yeah. one of the great legendary if not the he's the most important poker player of all time and i had Ever. no idea yep. i knew he liked the show but if he liked it more than yours he had exquisite taste yeah he loved really it <laughs> talk to you later good good seeing you buddy the great doyle brunson it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.